Welcome to the Christine Means Business Podcast. My name is Christine Hansen and I'm a business consultant helping entrepreneurs to scale their business without working more through wonderful team management, leadership and strategy. Together with fellow experts or my own, this podcast is designed to share the most actionable tips, pieces of wisdom and anecdotes that will help you to avoid any mistakes that will cost you time or money to grow your business. It is my absolute joy to share that knowledge with you to help you for your ultimate success. You will get a new episode every two weeks and there's loads of free materials on my website christinemeansbusiness.com. So go ahead and check that out and I'm looking forward to hear your feedback and please don't forget to give us a couple of stars if you enjoy what you've been hearing on your podcasting platforms. And without further ado, let's start the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Christine Means Business. And today we are having an interview series or one interview of the interview series. And I have my personal coach with me today, actually, and that's Jamie Palmer. And I owe her so, so much. And I think basically the consistency that I have in my business is mainly due to her and her system. So I'm really excited to share this amazing person with you today. But first, let's go over through the very official bio. And so Jamie Palmer is recognized for an in-depth understanding and use of specialized digital marketing methods necessary for hyper-competitive industries, including IT, marketing, financial, hospitality, and professional services. Acknowledged as a successful marketer and leader of individuals and corporate teams with diverse backgrounds and experience levels. Highly informed in the wide variety of methods and techniques used in corporate trainings and adult learners, she is an expert at building highly engaged online communities and leadership techniques. So I can totally vouch for that. She is just a goldmine of knowledge. And if you have a look and if you look a little bit at how I create my content, how I distribute my content, all that goes back to Jamie and what she taught me. And you can actually also go to my other podcast, the 360 Healthfist podcast, and look at the very first episode that we did. And that's Jamie and she walks you through that flow. <clears throat> Excuse me. And she has, um, it's much more in depth than what I usually just go through. So have a look at that and you can check her out and see how you can you know, duplicate that with her education. So Jamie, welcome so much today. I'm really excited to talk to you. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on the show. Absolutely. And so today we are going to talk um, about people, usually people who check me out, they are in two different stages, but it's the same goal that they have. So either they are very ambitious and they just want to take their business online with anything related to coaching, health, wellness, personal development. And so either they've just certified or they actually have been in business for a while, but they're kind of stuck at that five figure kind of number and not the high five figure number, right? So they've usually done a lot of the stuff that's available. So they've bought the first courses, maybe they've even joined a mastermind before, they have the software, they binged on Skillshare, you know, all of those kinds of things. And yet they are still stuck. And I think you meet a lot of these people as well. And one of the things that I see happening, and we're going to talk about that a little bit today, is that for some reason, 
most people are, especially in the coaching business, are immediately convinced that they need to start with a group program because I believe they think it's cheaper, hence it's going to be easier to sell. So I want to dive into that a little bit about whether that is true and also what you found uh, with your experience, especially with coaches, what works and what doesn't. Yeah, I think that's a great question. Um, I, I struggle with it because I think if you're somebody who's been in business for a while, right, in the, I'll call it the offline world, I think it's okay to transition and go straight to a group program. But I do believe that regardless of whether you're online or offline, you have to have some experience and you have to have some credibility. Um, and that doesn't mean months, right? It doesn't mean years. It doesn't mean whatever. Like it, it, it can be a short period of time, but you have to understand when you create a group program or you create a course, you really have to understand who you want to serve. And if you don't understand who you want to serve and why you want to work with them, ultimately you're going to create this group program or this course that's not specific enough for the the avatar that you really do want to serve. And then oftentimes it'll be a flop. And I also think that a lot of people want to encourage you to create this course. And a lot of times people will go, they'll create the course, then they'll go and launch it and then try and build the community. And from my perspective, that's also kind of just not the right order of things. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I truly believe that you want to, you know, understand that avatar, create what that client journey is, and then start to build your community, then beta launch something to them, like create it as you are actually teaching the course and get that real-time feedback so that you didn't spend ages and ages and ages creating that course and then having it flop, you know? Agreed. And I think that's already where we do things differently than, or we, I'm saying we, I don't do courses, but <laughs> well, I do, but it's not the same kind of thing, but well, it is, well, well, your courses though, I think that's a great point though, right? Like your courses are self-directed. They are, and they are a case study at the same time because I did it live. Well, I only have master classes, but it's the same. It's a mini course basically. Yeah. But I did it with a client of mine and I recorded it at the same time. So first of all, I didn't do it free in that way. I got amazing testimonials and I didn't in air quotes, like waste my time in a way because I was implementing the steps with someone at the same time. So it was basically a win-win situation. The only difference was that I recorded it and that people can now take knowledge from that. Plus the feedback that I got from my client while we were going through this, right? But I do think it's already breaking the typical journey of create the opt-in on the thank you page of the opt-in, invite people to your group and, you know, sell the course within email number three in your sequence, which can work. But I do find that a lot of people spend way too much time on the course and then it's just never going to be, you know, it's, not, it's very difficult to make that money in terms of time back if you don't know who you're talking to. And I think that's the other thing. We often think we know who our avatar is, especially 
and this is might be a little bit mean, but you know me, I'm just very blunt, but especially if you just finished health coaching school or your life coach certification or something like that, you think you know, because the people who've been telling you, they talk about their experiences and you think you know exactly what to do. And I feel everyone has this confidence in a way, but you actually really have no, no idea until you have at least worked. I usually ask my students or clients to work with three people at least to suss out what they actually struggle with. And very often it's things that we don't even have on the radar. So it's really unexpected little details um, that they struggle with that for us are no brainers. So you can go really, really, really wrong there. So I think, yes, it is a very different sales process um, than the traditional opt-in and then selling. Now you used a word before there, which is called a beta, you launch a beta kind of course. What exactly is that? And also why should people do it? And then how do you sell that? Yeah. So a beta is essentially, or I like to call it like a live, I'm doing this lot, like a live version of the course. So a beta or a live version is just that they're not going to get the modules as soon as they purchase the course or the program, the modules will be recorded live or they'll be rolled out weekly so that you can get paid to create the content which for me, I will not create a course or a program unless I'm getting paid to, to agree. (laughs) I agree. Um, and part of the reason why I believe that's the way to go is because when you create a a course or a program, you want to iterate, right? And one thing that I'm sure Christine will hear me say this because we work one-on-one is focus. So my acronym (laughs) for focus is follow one course until successful. So when you follow one course until successful, you're going to iterate what that course or program looks like. Mm -hmm. But if you have a philosophy or a system that you teach, you want to get paid to record that first time around. Okay. So that's why you launch the beta and then you, you go and you, put that in Thinkific or you put that wherever that belongs. And then you make the tweaks and adjustments based on the feedback that you got live. And then you go ahead and you turn it evergreen or you go to a launch model or a minimalistic launch model or whatever feels in alignment for you as your with your business goals. But oftentimes I see people and I like to kind of break it down into three stages when it comes to like building a course or a program, it's like phase one foundation, which is some of the things that you talked about, right? The lead magnet, the research, the understanding who the ideal client is. And then of course that's the sales page and all that fun stuff. And then phase two is like marketing and then phase three is scaling. But I see in the coaching industry, a lot of people, they never get out of phase one. They stay in that course creation mode. They stay in that, you know, obsession over perfection (laughs) and therefore they never actually move into that phase where they're marketing and building a community and then scaling up their business. And so that's part of the reason why I like the beta launch because it moves people into that phase to where they're, they're forced. And I don't necessarily like that word, but it, it, it traps people into having to build the community so that they can launch the beta versus using, I'm working on building my course as an excuse for moving forward, which is typically just a mindset 
issue. <laughs> agreed, agreed. So when it comes to, and it's a very specific question, when it comes to, so we have someone listening and they're like, okay, this makes sense. And I have a couple of people on my email list and maybe I have a group and I know that some people might be interested. How many people would you aim for in a beta program? And also if we talk price wise, should there be a difference between pricing when you do a beta course or when you do a full, like when it's second round around, when you kind of looked at the tweaks and kind of perf perfected is not the right word, but kind of polished it. Yeah. Yeah. So I like five to 10 people in a beta, uh, depending upon how long the course is. So if it's a longer course, that's got a higher price point, I would actually take less people in the beta program. So when I launched my business ecosystem builders program in 2018, I took five people in the beta because mm -hmm. it was a one year long, it was a more intimate experience. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was a higher price point. And if it's a, it's a lower price point, so under a thousand, I would say take 10, maybe 12, but you want to make sure the right 10 to 12 people. So when I do a beta, I always just do personal reach out. I actually, I'll promote it on social media, but I'll do a lot of personal reach out because I want to hand select the people who are going into that program that I know are number one, the exact right fit for that program. But number two will actually provide me with meaningful feedback so that I can improve the program. And then as far as pricing it and is it less, is it more? That's such a hard question. So I know. <laughs> if I call it a beta, then yes, I will typically charge a little bit less couple hundred dollars if it's under a thousand. So if it's, if it's normally a thousand dollar course, I might charge seven ninety seven. Mm -hmm. um, if it's a bigger, longer program, I have a hard time really like discounting it a, a lot, especially if you're doing it live simply because, you know, it's still a lot of time and effort. <laughs> Agreed. I totally yeah. agree. And I, I love hearing that because I, you know, one of the things I don't like discounting things in general, it's uh, unless, you know, you are, let's say if you're really at the beginning and you're starting to get the word out, then yes, there's always a time and place. But in the end, depending on how much effort you put into something, I really don't like doing it. I prefer having a bonus. Yeah. That's usually the formula that I go with my clients and I tell them don't discount it, but give a bonus that's just available for that kind of thing. Right. For and a beta, that's the only exception where I would say, okay, do it a little bit cheaper because people, I don't, it, it's, it's tough because I find people will see it differently as well. Yeah. So if you're positioning it as like, Hey, this is a beta course. Right. And I, I kind of want to make sure we make the distinction too. So like when I'm talking about doing something live, I'm talking more of like a group program. It's three, six months, maybe a year. A course, I define a course as something that's like 12 weeks and under. So eight yes. weeks, 12 weeks. And then you're doing that as a beta with the intent of putting it on Thinkific and making it a self-directed program. Yes. Potentially with some office hours later on. So that's kind of how I would make that distinction too. Because I think I don't want to confuse people and trying to jam the conversation about those two. Agreed things, but I think the, the thing to keep in mind when you're doing this, right, in terms of pricing is that you can always iterate, right? Like, so if you charge $7.97 for the beta course, 
right? And then say you wanted to do it self-directed going forward. Well, if it's self-directed and it's no time with you, you can sell it for less money than when you did it live. Or you could have some sort of VIP option where they potentially get one-on-one calls with you or Voxer access or whatever. And then you can charge a lot more for that. So I think the thing with pricing is you don't have to be attached to it forever, but know that it's harder to like, if you're constantly promoting something at one price and then you make it a lot more money, it's harder to sell the same thing at a a higher price price point if you promoted it always at the same price. So it's just something to keep in mind. But I think as I know for me specifically with my BEB program, it started out as like $3,400. And then we had it at 5,000. Now we have it at 7,500. I'll probably raise the price again next year. And part of the reason why I'm able to like justify that, that price increase is a, there's a whole heck of a lot more content on my learning platform. And then B, we keep adding more elements into the program. Like we have a books and business call. We have a, um, we're doing like expert group experts every month now. And so I think the biggest thing that I see a lot of people, you probably see this too, get caught up on is, is like, I launched this course and now this is what it has to be. And I can't change it. And it's like, you can do whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. I think your business. Yes. Hilarious how people get hung up on that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've iterated that program every year for the past three years. It's got a new element or I've taken something away or I've added something. And I think that's the thing that's really important to consider as you move to that model, whether it's a course or a group program or a mastermind. Exactly. And I just want to give an example, maybe of a client that I'm working with at the moment. It's where my one-on-one coaching where I teach you everything from scratch, where I really walk you through everything is 6,000, which is 12 weeks with really close interaction. And my masterclasses, if you were to purchase them as a bundle, are just a little bit less than 500. So when I was on the phone with her, I've known her for quite a while. Um, I, I know that she has budget. So I just off the cuff created a hybrid which means yeah. that she just got access to the masterclasses worth 500. And we just added six 30 minute calls with me where I help her implement things. Right. So I sold that in the end for two 500, which for me is fine because the course is already there. had nothing to do. So yeah. I got two 500 for three hours of work, which I find is totally fine. <laughs> that works for me. And something that I also then did is I helped her with her website a little bit and it was just, really just setting it up to be more user-friendly so that she could go in and change things and do a quick video showing her how to use the WordPress builder so that she can now really do it on her own. That took me half an hour. So we replaced that as one of the sessions, for examples, right? So, and I think that's what people need to keep in mind that you can play around and build this as you want to and also look at how your clients are reacting and what their needs are. It doesn't matter what kind of coaching it is, right? You could even tell them, okay, here I have an extra recipe book or include uh, a session where you go into the supermarket instead of a one-on-one call. You know, there's so many different ways of playing and changing and interchanging. It's really, it's fun, right? Once you know what you can cater. Yeah, agreed completely. And I think too, like we have this expectation that when we start our business, we map out this strategy or like even this, I suffer from this every December, I do a whole bunch of 
yearly planning. And I'm like, here's how this is going to go. And da, 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 you know, and you know, this year has kind of been a little this bit. Year, crazy. I was just going to say, I have to laugh when I'm thinking about all the plan. I was so proud because 2020 was the first year that I had completely mapped out, like completely yeah. so organized. And it, it's and just, you were like down to like, here's where I'm traveling. Here's where I'm this. Here's where everything. I'm that. Everything. I was so proud. And it's just the gift that keeps on giving, right? I'm just like, and it, it still works. Like I did all my accounting this week and I'm still in the black. I'm not in the red yet. And I'm, and it's not been, there's not been a lot going on. So it, it's also putting things in perspective in terms of that. Okay. Slowing down is still okay. Like just be yeah just be smart, you know, like keep your expenses lower in that case. So it's it's crazy though. Well, it's just be flexible, right? Like I think that's the biggest thing. And I think for me, one mantra that I've really tried to embody this year is you, you can work less and earn more. Agreed. And it's about setting yourself up with the systems to do that. And there's, I know for me, at least there's, there's a lot of resistance that comes up for that. Cause I'm like, I've been so complete, completely programmed that you need to work 10 hours a day and you need to do this. And like, that was like what I saw growing up. Like my dad would leave at like seven o'clock in the morning and get home at six o'clock. And he's still that way. Sorry, dad. (laughs) (laughs) He works like 60 hours a week. And I'm like, I don't believe that that's what you have to do. And that's part of the reason why I became an entrepreneur in the first place is to help people have more freedom and to make as much money or as little amount of money as they want, but really design that lifestyle that they desire. And I think that we as a society are in this like rat race hustle mode. And it's like, I know, especially in the online industry, it's like hustle harder, this and that and the other. It's like, why? No, exactly. And also the six figures, seven, I think six figures, I honestly believe you should be making six figures just to be able to also cover all your medical expenses or your retirement plan and all these things. I think six figures is something everyone should aim for. But the seven figure trend that is now starting i just think it's ridiculous not everyone needs that not everybody needs to do that in a year specifically right no (laughs) no but i think to this whole point of this conversation is being flexible Mm -hmm. right like to get to even if you just say two hundred and fifty thousand a year or five hundred thousand a year that's a lot of money and you can do that with a very small support system in place and have an incredible life and lifestyle with that. And I think this whole push to seven figures and eight figures and this and that and the other, like, I don't know. I look at a lot of my friends who ha- are in still in the agency model, like, cause that was what I was initially. And they have, a t- they, you know, they're doing $10 million a year, but they've got 70 employees and like, that does not sound like fun to me. <laughs> no, it's my worst nightmare to be honest. Like I'm never going to do, like I have my team with sleep like a boss. I love them daily, but there's no way ever I'm going to do that again. There's just no way. It's like, yeah. nope. <laughs> a different can of worms for sure. <laughs> Ugh. I have one more question for you. And we talked about the marketing piece. And I know that a lot of people freak out when they hear marketing. And I believe there's two different ways of doing marketing and you should be doing both of them. There's one that's very strategic 
which would be something like email marketing, right? So you have people getting on your list, you kind of seduce them with your nurture sequence, you write strategic emails when you're launching something. That's something which I call very strategic and it's very honest marketing. Like this is just, I have something to sell to you. And people on your email list expect it, so it's fine. But I also feel that a lot of people, and I don't want to say want to manipulate others, but it's lead, look for a softer way of marketing too. So how do you, what kind of things do you use to consistently market in a more integrative way? I don't even know if that's a word, but. <laughs> um, so for me, I'm a huge fan of podcasts like this. I also really like YouTube. Uh, I think those are two really great ways in which you can establish trust, show value and build a relationship. And, you know, I also think that that's one way you can nurture people that are in your community. And then I think to pull people in, I think guest podcasting, guest YouTubing, guest, you know, that sort of stuff. That for me is the combination that I really like that's in alignment with my goals of my business. And I think a lot of times, yes, you can use Facebook ads and yes, you can get people on your list with ads. I mean, I teach ads, I know a ton about ads, but I think, you know, when you get into that, when you're ready to do ads, you want to have a really solid offer to do that, but it's not always the fastest way. And Great. I like to think of like, when you think of, of online marketing, I like to think of it in terms of traffic, right? Think of it in terms of a circle of traffic, right? So you have your traffic that's organic from SEO, your social media, all that sort of stuff. Then you have earned traffic, which is just as it sounds like this podcast <laughs> as an yes. example, right? It takes my time and your time and it's building a relationship, right? And then you have paid for traffic. and your marketing mix, depending upon where you're at, will be look slightly different in that, that pie graph or that circle chart. And that to me is really like what I like to think about. And so when I think about the marketing, it's like, what are the two platforms that feel really good to me to use and to show value to? And I'll pick two and I'll show up there and I'll make sure that I'm exceptional on those platforms. And then I'll just repurpose everything else on the other platforms. So that's my organic. And then I always, of course, as you know, make sure my blog is SEO'd and my yes. YouTube is SEO and all that fun stuff. And then, you know, I do a lot of the earned, right? Because to me, I'm more about building the relationship. Great. I really want solid relationships that A, are going to be mutually beneficial, that are going to be like, I work with my clients for years, as, as you know. Yeah, <laughs> this is our second year working together. Yeah. Great. So I, I like, I like that relationship. That's how I've built my business. That's how I intend to continue to build my business. And I'm not saying that there's not a place for ads, but ads to me in some instances can be kind of bait and switchy. If you don't have the right offer, they're not going to convert, you know? So to me, those are the most authentic and in integrity ways to market. And that's really what I like to promote to people until they get to that point where they're like, okay, I want to sell this on autopilot. And then you can turn on the ad. I agree. Yes. And until you have the budget, right? Rather yeah. than, you know, doing a Hail Mary and throwing your last kind of savings at ads, hoping that it's going to be the quick fix, which 
Yeah. I like, mean, spoiler alert, it isn't. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's so funny. We've been doing, I've, I'm, I'm testing an offer on ads, right? And it's basically, you need to take a thousand dollars and just test. Test. Exactly. <laughs> yes. And it might work and it might not. <laughs> so it's, yeah. It's, I think if you, you really need to know what you're doing. And even if you know what you're doing, you still don't know because it changes all the time. So oh. I think it is great if you do have a nice fat profit margin and you can just take a part of that and just not worry about it and just say, okay, here's play money. Let's see what sticks. Right. But yeah. you are having to decide whether it is, and I talk profit, I don't talk revenue here, right? So it's yeah. money that you do on top. Like it's, it's literally something that isn't budgeted in for anything else. Yeah. Otherwise, I think it's, it's quite risky and it can produce a lot of stress in people and the expectations are just not realistic. So Agreed. I think I just, I've done it so many times and it's just, yeah, I just feel if I do want to do it again, I really want to commit for months and I really want to have a huge ad spend budget and do it right. But even before you do that, just as we talked in the beginning and to circle back to that, you actually need to know that your product works. You need <laughs> to know what your clients are looking for. You need to know who you're talking to and you won't be able to do that unless you actually worked with a couple of people. Yeah. So I think we've covered quite a bit here and I know Jamie, you are everywhere <laughs> on every social media platform. So quickly tell us where people can find you. And also you are teaching all of this, like how to do your course. How do people, how can people find out more about that? Yeah. So I would say my two main platforms that I focus on are Facebook and Instagram. So you can find me there, um, outlier marketing group or Jamie L Palmer, um, you, you search either one of those names on Facebook and Instagram, you'll find me. <laughs> um, and then in terms of my course, yeah. So we teach this in my business ecosystem builders program and you can just head on over to my website and click to schedule a call and have a conversation with me about that. We do not accept every person into the program. <laughs> mm -hmm. We want to make sure you're the exact right fit and we can help you actually build out that course or signature program and really scale up your business and make a bigger impact in the world. Brilliant. And I can totally vouch for Jamie. I mean, we started working together, I think April something, April, May, 2018. And it took three to six months, which I think it always does when you start becoming consistent. But since then, I mean, for Sleep Like a Boss, it's just been on autopilot ever since, except now for Corona, the coronavirus totally fucked things up. But I guess, you know, <laughs> it's just what it is, which has been the perfect timing for me to focus more on my business coaching. So everything happens for a reason and still all the content that has been produced is not for nothing. It's, it's yeah. still working for you years and years later, which is fascinating. So Jamie, thank you so, so much for everyone out there. I totally vouch for her. Let me know if you want me to give you more of an insight of how, what it's like to work with Jamie, if you want to. And thanks so much for being here. And that would it be for today. Thank you for having me. All right, everyone. You will see me back next week on a solo episode. And in two weeks, you will have me back with another guest. So talk to you soon, everyone. 
Alright, and here is what I usually forget at the end of every episode. So first off, thank you so much for listening and taking the time to tune in. We really, really, really appreciate it. Now, don't forget that I've written a book with everything you need to know about growing and building a business online. It's called We Mean Business, the practical guide for creative entrepreneurs, coaches and small businesses to build your brand and grow your business online. You can find it on Amazon, but also in other online bookstores and on my website. Also, please make sure that if you want to stalk me, you follow me on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube or Twitter or Pinterest or TikTok. And if there was anything in this episode that you learned, that you found entertaining, that made you giggle, then I would be over the moon if you'd left us a five-star rating. These ratings go a long way for more people to tune in and make sure that you follow the podcast as well to share the love and to have more people find it. Thank you so much and we'll see you in two weeks time for a new episode.